Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Tucking away those memories and the the Lord's faithfulness within my life so that when I do go through these seasons of dryness, that I can look back and say, you know what, Lord, I don't like where I'm at right now, but you're still good and you will get me through this. So in this season, the promises that of yours that I've stored up in this treasury, so to speak, within my heart, let me tap into these. Let me be reminded of these things. Be, remind me of these things, Lord, the truth of your word, how good you are, how much you love me, how much you care for me, even in the midst of famine. Have you been blindsided by a struggle in your life? Trials have a way of showing up out of nowhere, and suddenly you're at a loss for a solution. In today's message, Pastor James teaches how Joseph advised Pharaoh to prepare ahead of time for the upcoming famine. Today, Pastor James will encourage you to stay rooted in the Word. By doing so, you'll be better prepared and equipped for the unexpected. The Word of God will transform your life and your heart. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Genesis, chapter 41, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. God's like, oh, we'll see about that. We'll see. We'll just see how far you can stretch, right? It's just, it, sometimes it's maddening. And then in that moment, and this is what we're going to see in chapter 41, in that moment, when he does show up, I mean, it's a whirlwind. It sometimes is a whirlwind. And you should, in the time of waiting, I, I, would, I would ask you, that I would, would just recommend this to you. Prepare yourself for what he has. Don't sit idly. Maybe you're praying, you've been praying for years for this thing to happen or for for so-and-so and and all that stuff. Wisdom would say, while you're waiting, be preparing. Because when he does answer, I mean, it's it's a roller coaster ride. It's a whirlwind. And that's kind of, in one sense, it's what we've been doing with this building. Um, We are actively praying that this building would be ours. And that when people drive by, they always see the for sale sign. And they're like, well... Surely there's no church still meeting there, right? Because it's for sale. That means everybody's moved out. And it's like, no, no, we're here. No, we're here. Our, our prayer is that that for sale sign goes down because we've bought this place. So what do we do in the meantime? Well, we've been showing up when we can, and we've been just clearing out the building. We've been preparing the building for it to be ours because we just trust the Lord. That, and he may say, no, this isn't the building I have for you. Sweet. Okay. Then we cleared it out for somebody else, um, and hopefully they enjoy it. But we've been actively going through room by room, closet by closet, and we've just been clearing out all the junk because while we're waiting, we should be active. Because I know when God answers that prayer, you better, you better be ready for the whirlwind that's going to come along with that. And it's like, just be prepared, be prepared. Joseph, he's sitting in prison, and God is working on him and working in him and through him and preparing him for chapter 41. Chapter 41, verse 1. It says, And it came to pass at the end of two full years, two full years, that Pharaoh had a dream. And behold, he stood by the river. Suddenly there came up out of the river, this is the Nile River, uh, seven cows looking 
are fine looking and fat. That's a weird description for cows. I mean, the fat part I get, but fine looking, that just sounds weird even to say it. I'm like, what? Ranchers are like, yeah, I get that. I understand that. That's fine looking cows, all nice and plump and ready to be productive. This is one of the major industries of Egypt at this point in time. So out of the river come seven cows and they fed in the meadow. Then behold, seven other cows came up after them out of the river, ugly and gaunt or malnutrition, skinny. They stood by the other cows on the, on the bank of the river, and the ugly and gaunt cows ate up the seven fine-looking and fat cows. So Pharaoh awoke, and he, he slept and dreamed a second time. And suddenly seven heads of grain came up on one stalk, plump and good. Then behold, seven thin heads, blighted by the east wind, sprang up after them, and the seven thin heads devoured the seven plump and full heads. So Pharaoh awoke, and indeed it was a dream. Now it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. Let me let you know, this end of the two full years, when Pharaoh has this dream, these are God-appointed dreams. You need to know that God does have access to your subconscious. He does. So when you're sleeping, he can communicate to you, and he can communicate certain things to you. It doesn't happen often for me. Um, if I dream stuff, I don't even know what I dream. I have no clue. I don't remember dreams at all, at all. I've had some weird ones, but I think it's all food associated. Um, those are the ones I remember. But I think there's times when the Lord needs to get a hold of somebody. He can use a dream to do that. Now, dreams, and we talked about this a little bit last week. Sometimes we make a bigger deal out of dreams than I think what the Lord has intended. Okay, Um, dreams and God speaking through dreams isn't even really mentioned that much throughout the entirety of the scriptures. I think it's three times. Okay, maybe a little bit more. So that doesn't happen all that much. But when you have a when you have Pharaoh, who is, you know, he's a pagan in the sense of uh, in his worship and practices, he worships multiple gods and all that stuff. The Lord is going to go directly to him within dreams. Now, these Egyptians believed, they placed tremendous significance on dreams, okay? They always believed that the gods that they would worship, there's a multitude of them for these guys, would, would oftentimes leave clues within dreams. And that's why they would have magicians and dream interpreters around them. Because they, and they would retell these dreams. And it was the job of the magicians and the, the wise ones to find the clues and to interpret the clues. Because whatever God, maybe it was Ra for them or, or whoever it may have been, Osiris or whatever, uh, was you know, trying to communicate to the Pharaoh by these obscure kind of dreams. But he has this dream. He only has this dream because God has given him this dream. God has given him this dream. And so now it's time for Joseph to move. It's time for action. Um, he's going to deliver him out of the prison and into the palace, but he's going to do it by way of speaking to Pharaoh through dreams and giving him dreams that, well, nobody knows what they mean. Nobody understands them. They're very important simply because you're talking about cows and grain, which again are the two chiefest commodities within Egypt at this point in time. So this is going to disturb Pharaoh just because he understands This is all the nation's wealth that is represented by these cows and these stalks of grain. So it's it's going to stress them out. And to have back-to-back dreams, it's really going to put him in a place of panic, and he's going to call in all his guys and says, okay, I've had two dreams. 
And I pay you guys a lot of money to tell me what these things mean. So here's my dreams. And they're going to be like, oh, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. However, after this two years, a light bulb is going to go on within the brain of the cupbearer, or maybe your translation says the chief butler. Really, he could be called a secret service agent because he was basically the bodyguard for Pharaoh. It says in verse 9, then the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh saying, I remember my faults this day. He's like, oh, oh, Pharaoh, um, listen, man, I've, I've forgotten about something. You telling me about this dream reminded me that I have failed somebody for two years. And that's what he's saying. I, I've remembered my offense or I've, re- I've remembered my faults this day. He, he is now, just so happens, remembering Joseph, the one who everybody recognized that God was with this kid and that he had this ability to interpret dreams. And it wasn't Joseph who could interpret dreams. It was God who would interpret the dreams for Joseph. So Chief Baker's like, listen, um, man, I remember my faults this day. Uh, It says, when Pharaoh was angry with his servants and and put me in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, both me and the chief baker, we each had a dream one night, he and I, each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dream. So each had two different dreams uh, involving basically the same situation. Now, there was a young Hebrew man there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. And we told him, and he interpreted our dreams for us. To each man, he interpreted according to his own dream. And it came to pass, just as he interpreted for us, so it happened. He restored me to my office, and he hanged him, or impelled the baker. So what, what this guy is, is retelling to the Pharaoh, two years ago, you had us locked up. You remember that? And Pharaoh's like, yeah, I remember that. Well, when we were in jail, there was this young Hebrew there, and we both had dreams, and he was able to interpret these dreams for us. And his interpretation came true, right down to the specific details. He's the man for the job. You have, you're having trouble with these two dreams. Well, it just so happens that in our prison, there's a kid who can bring clarity to your heart and to your mind concerning his dreams. So Pharaoh, verse 14, sent and called Joseph, and they brought him out, quick, or brought him out of the, uh, quickly out of the dungeon, and he shaved, changed his clothes, and came to Pharaoh. So just so we understand culturally as well, the Egyptians at this point in time, they, they were like smooth shaved, like no stubble, no beards, none of that stuff, clean shaven. You needed to look nice, if you, especially if you were going, the, going into the presence of Pharaoh, who was like the chief ruler of the world at that point in time. Egypt was very uh, accomplished at this moment within history. So if you're going to stand before Pharaoh, you needed to be clean shaved. You got to be smelling good, looking good and all that stuff. So he gets delivered out of prison, uh, leaves his orange jumpsuit there at the jail cell, and he puts on the nice, clean, white linen cloth kind of gown type thing that they would wear. Uh, And he's all, you know, all, all cleaned up just to be in the presence of Pharaoh just to have an audience with him. So he, he goes to Pharaoh. Pharaoh, verse 15, says to Joseph, um, I've had a dream, and there is, uh, there is no one who can interpret it. But I've heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. And, and look at Joseph's response to him, verse 16. Uh, Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, uh, it's not in me. It's not in me. 
God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. I love that. It's not in me. I'm sorry, Pharaoh. This is a very bold statement to make to the ruler of the world at this point in time, right? To, to start off, your, the first thing you say to Pharaoh is like, oh, no, it's not me. You know, that could immediately communicate to Pharaoh like, wait, but you are the guy, right? <laughs> like, no, they told me you could do this. Joseph is immediately, first and foremost, he is directing all praise to God. He's like, listen, um, Pharaoh, just so you understand, uh, this isn't anything that I can do. It's not me. This is God. This is, this is God. All, all interpretations to dreams belong to God. So he's like, God is the one who can, who can answer you in this time of need of, of your life. Luckily, Joseph has a relationship with God. And God can use Joseph to, to bring this interpretation and this clarity to Pharaoh. So Pharaoh tells him, verse 17, Behold, in my dream I stood on the bank of the river, Suddenly seven cows came up out of the river, fine-looking and fat, and they fed in the meadow. Good stuff. That's a good part of the dream. That's great. That's As a pharaoh and as a leader of a nation, that's what you want to see happening. Healthy cows, eating grass, that means things are going well for you, okay? Seven, and we'll understand the significance of that in a second, but that's a good thing. However, then behold, uh, seven other cows came up after them, poor uh, and very ugly and gaunt. Such ugliness as I have never seen in all the land of Egypt. And the gaunt and ugly cows ate up the first seven fat cows. And when they had eaten them up, no one would have known that they had eaten them, for they were just as ugly as at the beginning. So I awoke. Also, I saw in my dream, and suddenly seven heads came up on one stalk, seven heads of grain, full and good. Then behold, seven heads withered and thin and blighted by the east wind sprang up after them, and the thin heads devoured the seven good heads. So I told this to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. So he's like, all right, well, here's my dream. You got seven good cows. You got seven bad cows. You got seven good, you know, good healthy stalks of grain. You got seven bad ones. And the bad ones are devouring the good ones. Go. Interpret. <laughs> And just so we understand, even regionally where these guys are at, there was this this wind that would happen in the springtime uh, that would come in from the east, and this hot wind would have the ability to increase the temperature in a matter of like moments by like 50 to 60 degrees. And this is this wind that he's referencing within his dream. So this hot wind from the east, this desert wind, would come through and it would just blast this grain and it would cause it all to wither in a matter of like moments. This is this wind he's speaking of. So Pharaoh's like, man, I, I, I got all these guys. They're the best in the, in the world. They're the best in, it's certainly in the nation. The, the, you know, they're highly trained. This is what they do. But they can't explain it to me. Verse 25, Joseph says to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has shown Pharaoh what he, what he is about to do. So Joseph's like, oh, yeah, this is easy. This is easy. It's the same dream. It's the same dream. The cows and the grain, they represent the same exact thing. But what you need to understand, Pharaoh, is that God is about to do something in Egypt. And it's a good thing you have me here when you do, because I can help you prepare for it. And can you imagine what's happening in Joseph's heart and in his mind? Now, we need to understand that he's probably fully aware of the fact that he can interpret this dream, and he goes right back to jail. 
So that's probably, you know, playing in the back of his mind of like, man, I, 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 served, I served the baker and I served the cupbearer. And I gave the, the cupbearer, and it wasn't that Joseph gave him the favorable interpretation, but it was God had given it to him, but, but he forgot about me. So here I am standing before one of the rulers of the world, and if a cupbearer forgot about me, what's this guy going to do? I'm probably just going to serve him and then get locked back up again, because such is my life. I guess this is what God has for me. So that could have been playing in his mind. But I do think it's fascinating that if you kind of look into the character of Joseph, maybe what's also going on in his, in, within his head and his heart is like, well, maybe I'm supposed to be here for such a time as this. Maybe I ended up in Egypt, sold here you know, as a slave by my brothers, and then lied about and thrown into jail. Um, maybe this is all just part of the plan that God has for me. Maybe he has me here, right here, right now, really to, to not just to save one nation, but to save multiple nations, to be the savior of the world, so to speak. That's even what Pharaoh's going to call him. Maybe these things are starting to happen within his head. If, if not at this moment, for sure, by the end of this, uh, this story, I mean, it's, there's just no denying it that God's hand is totally on this thing. And his timing is absolutely perfect. So he tells him, listen, the, the two dreams, they're the exact same thing. God's going to show you what he's about to do. The seven good cows are seven years. Seven good heads are seven years. The dreams are one. The seven thin and ugly cows which came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty heads blighted by the east wind are seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. And in one sense, he's saying, listen, God is being gracious to you by giving you a heads up what he's about to do. Pharaoh, I know you don't believe in this God. You believe in multiple gods. But let me tell you, the one true God, God Almighty, is showing you grace by telling you, hey, here's a heads up. This is what's about to happen. This is what's about to happen. It's, it's amazing when God does that within our lives. I mean, it's, it's, it's encouraging. And there, there are times when he does show up in our lives and say, hey, listen, I'm about to move. I'm about to move within your life. And we don't always know what that means, and we don't always have like complete clarity like, like this dream would indicate, but it is nice and it is refreshing when the Lord does communicate to us that, hey, listen, just hold on, because something's about to happen. Because there's been plenty of moments within my life where there's just silence. There's just absolute, complete silence. And I'm like, hey, have you forgotten about me? Because I feel like I'm still in jail. I've been scratching marks in the prison cell. And it's like, are, are you going to do anything? Are you going to do anything? And he's like, yeah, when I'm ready and when you're ready. No, I'm ready now. No, you're not ready now. You're not ready now. Now Joseph's ready. Now is his time. And God is going to use him tremendously. Verse 29, he says, Indeed, seven years of great plenty will come throughout all the land of Egypt. But after them, seven years of famine will arise, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine will deplete the land. So the plenty will not be known in the land because of the famine following. For it will be very, it will be very severe. He's like, listen, you're going to have seven good years, seven really good years. 
But that will be followed up with seven horrible, devastating years. Pharaoh, this is what's going to happen. This is what your dream means. You won't even remember the good times because the time of desert and famine will consume that. I, I would say that there is a word of caution for us as believers because we experience times of good times, seven good years kind of a thing. And then there's a lot of times we experience desert, desert. Never let the desert consume or cause you to forget the good years that the Lord has done stuff in your life. Never let the desert times take away from the faithfulness of God in your life. You might be going through a very parched season. You might be. I don't know. But don't ever let that cause you to forget how good and how faithful he truly is. Because it may be wilderness right now, and maybe he's moving you through that wilderness to get you to where he wants you to be. But the children of Israel wandered through a wilderness, and they forgot all about how good God was. They forgot all about how good he was. And it never really worked out well for them. Joseph is telling Pharaoh, he's like, listen, you're going to experience seven really good years, but you need to be prepared because... There will be a famine in the land. You should always be prepared for the famines. You should always be prepared for the wilderness wandering, so to speak. You should always be prepared for that. Because if we're honest, there will be seasons of that within all our lives. What do you do during that time? You prepare for them during the times of plenty. Oftentimes, as a believer walking with Jesus, and you guys can probably relate to this, when things are going really well, I am not concerned about any desert or wilderness times that might be a day away. I'm just not, right? We, this is how we function. Like, when the seas are calm, I'm not worried about any storm that might arise all of a sudden, right? Because I'm like, oh, I'm basking in the goodness of God. I'm not even worried about, you know, wisdom would say, you know what? Things are going really well right now. I kind of want to store up in a, in, a, you know, in a treasury, so to speak, these good times, these good memories and what God is doing, because there is a good chance that the rain will stop. There's a good chance that seven ugly cows are going to come up and eat seven good cows. There's a really good chance of that. And where will I be during those times of famine? What will I be focused on? Where will my hope be? Joseph is going to implement a good strategy, and economically, it makes perfect sense. This guy is brilliant. It makes perfect sense. Spiritually, I need to figure out how to do this. I need to get better at this. Tucking away those memories and the the Lord's faithfulness within my life so that when I do go through these seasons of dryness, that I can look back and say, you know what, Lord? I don't like where I'm at right now, but you're still good. And you will get me through this. So in this season, the promises that of yours that I've stored up in this treasury, so to speak, within my heart, let me tap into these. Let me be reminded of these things. Be, remind me of these things, Lord, the truth of your word, how good you are, how much you love me, how much you care for me, even in the midst of famine. Hope 
There's so much to learn from the pages of Genesis, but sadly, that's all we have time for today on Bread for the Broken. We're so glad you've spent your time with us today and would like to take a moment and let you know how you can hear more of Pastor James Grizzle's teachings. Simply navigate to breadforthebroken.com and click on Teachings to access our archive. Feel free to share the teachings with your friends and family or post them to social media. We love it when we can share the good news of the gospel with anyone and everyone, and you are a part of that. While you're at our website, you'll be able to discover more about the church behind the ministry of Bread for the Broken. Calvary Galveston isn't just another church in our city. We want to be a light for Jesus to all who enter through our doors. We love the Word of God, Jesus, the people of our church, and the people of our city. Do you live in Galveston or are you visiting soon? We'd be honored to meet you in person. Calvary Galveston gathers for Sunday morning services at 10 a.m. Not too early, but in plenty of time to start the week out with worship. Our atmosphere is pretty relaxed. Just come as you are. At our service, we search the scriptures for what God wants to teach us, and we spend time reflecting and celebrating Him through worship. Visit breadforthebroken.com for our address and to get more information. We're excited to meet you. Thanks for tuning in today to Pastor James' teaching. Join us again next time to continue through Genesis and find hope and new life in Jesus. Jesus.